0: Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast panel for Virtual Comic-Con 2021. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today, as part of Virtual Comic-Con, we are taking a look at 1989's Batman, directed by Tim Burton. This is a film that we had all seen, but while I had watched this recently, Ryan has probably watched this recently, Devin, when's the last time you watched Tim Burton's Batman? I
1: sat down and thought about it last night. I think it's been 26 years.
0: 26 years. So you have not watched... 26 years since I've seen it. You have not watched it since you were... How old? Five. Five.
1: It was five. Yeah.
0: Okay. So. (laughs) That's why we're here. Devin has not seen this movie in 26 years. Uh, He just watched it for the first time since he was five. So... (laughs) um, we're going to we're going to get into everything Batman uh 1989. All the all the Michael Keaton, all the Jack Nicholson, all the Robert Wool. It's going to be fantastic. Um so before we th- let's get started with Ryan. What what are your thoughts? Like what what is your history with 1989's Batman?
2: Well, um, like Devin, I think the first time I ever saw it, I was five. But when I saw it when I was five, it was 1990. So it was probably like when the VHS first came out. Okay. Um, and it became a staple. In fact, I think this is the only movie where the score means as much to me as the actual film does, which is going to be a shock to you, Alan, because usually I'm the one out of, out of the, the, the three of us when it comes to music that's just like, yeah, it was good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got, got the score
0: behind me here on vinyl. Yeah, so. which is Ooh.
2: excellent. But um, yeah. it it really stuck to me. Whenever I watch it, I can't help but think about my childhood. Um, but because of that, this movie is my Batman. Michael Keaton is my Batman. Whenever I think of the Batmobile, I think of this one. Whenever I think of the Joker, I think of Jack Nicholson. So um, this is pretty much my core of being a Batman fan.
0: Okay. For me, this is one that I grew up with. But I, Batman Forever, is my Batman movie. Like that's the first one I remember. I had all the toys for it, it, it because it came out when I was four or wow. five. Yeah. Um, so that was the one I grew up with. But I always appreciated this one. Um, I remember my uncle was st- was still living with my grandmother because he had just graduated mm-hmm. high school. And they had this on VHS. Like I, I would always look at the tape. I never, I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I remember looking at the tape. Like, wow, that Joker looks fantastic. Um, so I grew up with this one. This is one that obviously I collect a lot of stuff from it. Uh, I've got, i I collect everything Batman that I can get my hands on, uh, especially if it's cool, like action figure toys, like the one behind me. Um. But I really appreciate this movie. I love the score. I love the the set design. Um, The performances are great. Um, So, yeah, this has always been one of my favorites. Devin, why did you wait 26 years to watch this? Yeah, I don't know.
1: I think it's one of those movies where I've seen and then just so much of the elements of it are what I think of when I think of Batman. I just go all right i've seen it i don't need to see it again (laughs) like i mean it it's weird so i haven't seen this movie in 26 years like everything about this is what i think of when i think of batman like this is my batman baseline even though i haven't seen it in a long time so like this batmobile is my like baseline batmobile by a wide margin uh the bat signal like is my like default bat signal like the soundtrack is what Batman sounds like. If Batman sounds different, then it's just different Batman. But this is default for me. Um, so I remember a lot of the elements of the movie. I don't remember or didn't remember any of the plot beats or any of the scenes
0: ever. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So we got a lot to talk about. Yes. Um, all right. So uh, thank you guys for wearing your Batman t-shirts. I know you both. I tried.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I like how Devin was like Ryan's gonna cosplay. I'm like Devin, what have I ever cosplay on one of these things ever?
1: Oh, I wanted to put a lot of pressure on you to at least cosplay as something, and I yeah. figured you would end up as baseball fan.
2: You I could,
0: yeah. I mean, that's pretty much. I mean, well, Arsenal <laughs> technically, but I, I thought, <laughs> I thought about wearing my bat suit, but it's the uh, Christian Bale Batman, so I was like, yeah, no. Ooh, no. I, I've got the cowl, but I was like, no, I can't do, I can't do Batman with the beard. Bad things happen. Oh, that been... Bad things happen when you when I wear the Batman cow with a beard. Like I wore it once to a Penn State game.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: just filming a, a, a sketch and some guy came up to me and rubbed my beard. He's like, Batman doesn't have this. What's this guy? It was horrible. This was You got attacked wait. by a bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was Go way banks. before COVID too, so okay. Um All right. In the chat, uh, we have friend of the show, Preston, stuck in the hospital with a rare blood issue when I was a child for probably four four years old. And all I remember was having the Batman and Batman Returns playing on the hospital VHS. Keaton's Batman will always be the best. So I think that leads us into a a good uh, question to start off with. Devin, how does Michael Keaton's Batman hold up for you after 26 years?
1: Great. So this is where I want to make an important distinction and maybe have another conversation. But Michael Keaton's Batman kills it. I love Michael Keaton's Batman. I've always loved Michael Keaton's Batman. Like I said, this is kind of baseline for me. I love his suit. I love his costume. I think the only thing that I could possibly comment is that it didn't ruin the movie for me. It made it a little bit more enjoyable how noticeable it was that he couldn't turn his neck Like when he was looking up and had to do this like all the way back or like he was like, quick turn, quick
0: turn. I mean, that was a problem until The Dark Knight, because in Batman Forever, you have Val Kilmer just turning his whole body and giving Gordon the thumbs up. So that's always been a problem. Um, Back when they first announced Michael Keaton as Batman, I don't know if you know this, but before the Internet, fanboys were outraged that Mr. Mom was going to be playing Batman because oh, come it, on. at th- at that point in 1988 Michael Keaton was known as a comedic actor and when you have Tim Burton directing a serious take on Batman people are like okay you're going to get a real a serious actor to play this and then you get Mr. Mom and Beetlejuice and they're like wait what no that doesn't that doesn't sound right like I thought this is going to be serious this is post mm-hmm. uh, Frank Miller's dark knight returns so people like Batman's getting back to the the, the dark night and not in a way from the Adam West campy Batman where some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. um, <laughs> So a lot of people were worried when Michael Keaton was cast that it was going to be comedic, but mm. it doesn't, it, it's not comedic at all. Like he's not Mr. Mom. Like he does. There's a little bit of his comedic charm in here. Like that helps his performance as Bruce Wayne a little bit. Like, especially the awkwardness of the, the dinner scene with Vicki Vale. Like, I don't think I've ever been in this room before. Like... <laughs> it was fun. Um, yeah. So, Ryan, you are around in the 80s. Do you remember the, the, the outrage? No, around in the 80s. I mean, I mean, like,
2: I was five in 1990. Yeah. And my dad, I mean, like, he liked this stuff, but he wasn't anywhere near, like, as, I guess, like, protective of like the geek things that he was into um but i mean i think it's traditional i think every actor who plays batman needs to get some flack before it happens because everybody has this idea of who batman should be in their head and then when they finally see it on screen they're like oh they're good, you know, they're fine. Um, I don't know if uh, uh, Christian Bale had any flack, though. I think people were generally okay with that selection.
0: He didn't... Heath Ledger did when he played the Joker. Uh, yeah. People yeah. Were like, A Knight's Tale is gonna be the Joker? That doesn't make any sense. And then you get Heath Ledger's Joker.
2: Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, no, the... But when it comes to, like, holding up, like, Michael Keaton is still my Batman. There have been other actors who have done Bruce Wayne better. Um... But I definitely enjoy the like awkwardness that he brought to the Bruce Wayne uh, to 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 like Bruce Wayne's character.
1: Yeah. Um, well, when we have a second, I do want to talk about Bruce Wayne because that was one of my that's one of my things about the movie. Let's get it. Let's get into it. I don't understand Bruce Wayne in this. I don't like. I think it's a little bit of an not uneven performance, but uneven. So he he does a little bit of the awkward thing, like. When Vicky Vale first asks him, like, hey, do you know where Bruce Wayne is? He's like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, ah, "I look at him. He's being coy and clever. And then later he, like, reveals himself. It's not, like, as dramatic as I thought it would be. Sometimes he's awkward. But then there's a point where he's like, you want to get nuts? And, like, I'm not sure why he wants to get nuts. Is it because he happens to be holding a fire poker? Like, I don't know if I understand Bruce Wayne in
2: this movie at all. I think I can answer some of that. Go for it. Because it plays into him as Batman. So i did say before that i feel like other actors have done bruce wayne better um Mm it's simply because those movies focus on the character as bruce wayne more than this one did this is more of him as batman than he is as bruce wayne i feel like they played it to where bruce wayne is batman his personality is what batman does Mm -hmm. when he's not batman he doesn't feel comfortable He's not sure of himself. And that's where that uncomfortableness comes from. And the whole, like, do you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts thing is him. I think trying to find that line of like being Bruce Wayne, but not giving it away that he's Batman simply because he was so ready, like a second before to tell Vale who he was. And I feel like that accounts for his like awkwardness as a character as Bruce Wayne.
1: And now that you mention it, I don't know it in correct me if I'm wrong. I know there were superhero movies prior to this one, obviously. Yes. But did any of the soup, which
0: one? No, I, I just said, yes, there were. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Mo- mostly <laughs> Superman. It, it was mostly uh Christopher Reeve Superman movies. Yeah. And Christopher Reeve Superman didn't
1: really focus on like the, the like same kind of juxtaposition balance between alter ego and, and superhero really. Right. Like, the most you had like a co- – like there would be a costume and then the superhero and like that's kind of how they handled it.
0: Superman 2 dived into it a little bit more because it, it has to – it works with his – it deals with his balance of being Clark Kent versus Superman mm-hmm. and wanting to have a human life but also having the these powers and this responsibility. Um, you know, like uh, the, the, the other guy who swings webs. Um, <laughs> but Weird. But in, like in Superman three, there is a whole Superman fighting Clark Kent thing because of mm-hmm. reasons, and it's a great scene. Uh, I haven't seen Superman three in years, but uh, so they do di- they do dive into that in the later film. Superman the movie does so not so much.
2: Got it. Yeah, like um, as as Alan was explaining that, I was thinking of I was trying to think of uh, a different Batman, uh, another Batman movie that kind of would be a good comparison Mm -hmm. and i think it's batman begins with christian bale when he first comes back from being you know abroad um and he he comes back and he really doesn't know how to balance the two like he sets his mansion on fire
0: i mean that's right he doesn't
2: he he doesn't set his mansion on fire the bad guys do it but he blames himself for it in the media so to uh for a cover but it's it's symbolic. Exactly, and so in, in that movie, it's basically the, the tail end of that movie when he's Bruce Wayne is him trying to like balance the two, and mm-hmm. the dark Knight is pretty much that too, like he's still trying to find where that line is between who he is in the Batman costume versus who he is in the suit
1: and I think part of I think part of what I had to keep reminding myself a little bit when I watched this movie was kind of the how this is kind of the the starting point for a lot of the superhero movie tropes that now superhero movies just take for granted that you either know is going to happen and they don't do it or a lot of it's just kind of implied and they don't worry about it anymore. Like, like a modern Batman movie showing the crime alley death of parents scene. Like at this point they just know, like they figure, okay, you know, you know what happened. We're not going to show it again. Or like, the whole like you know they they know that there's going to be a bit of a struggle between the superhero and his alter ego so they either play it up for more drama than they would normally or they make it like a specific plot point when in earlier ones it could have just kind of been a background hum and that was more than enough and i have to like remind myself of that
0: yeah the the film doesn't really dive deep into the the duality of Bruce Wayne as Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne versus Batman but I think the elements are there. I think it's in Keaton's performance. Like, I think the, the the truest sense of Bruce Wayne that you get is when he's alone with Vicki Vale on that date sure. night. And with mm-hmm. Alfred in the kitchen being embarrassed mm-hmm. about the stories about the horseback riding. Um, I think the moment where they're in the Batcave and he she knows his secret because Alfred let her in the Batcave, uh, which is a big point of contention for a lot of Batman fans. Um, I think the moment where he's like, I do this because no one else can, Mm -hmm. uh, shows like his true motivation like, he's the only one who feels that he can do this. So he's the one, he puts this responsibility on himself because of what, because of his origin story, because of what happened with his parents. Um, and I think the, um, Batman forever's original script dealt a lot with the reasons behind that. Uh, and you don't get to see that in the final film. If we ever get to see the Schumacher cut, you'll get to get into that. <laughs> um,
1: but you I know, know it, we will.
0: Uh, I know you will. I, I I've seen I've read the script and I've seen the scenes that were cut, and it. it if they ever release the Schumacher cut, we will do an episode on it. I will say that. Good. Uh, because good, good, good. without that, Batman Forever's title makes no sense. Like, <laughs> Because why why would you call the third Batman movie Batman Forever? Like it makes it, I it still baffles me to this day. Um. So yeah, I I think my I. So Devin, did the, the do you want to get nuts? Scene take you out of it? My chair is falling down. It took me out of
1: it. It definitely did for like two reasons. I mean, the first reason is an incredibly personal reason. Uh, we used to live next to some relatively crazy neighbors, and. I distinctly remember when I was, like, a little kid, uh, the neighbor went crazy. So the neighbor used to, like, pound on the walls when, like, she heard kids being kids, and she was awful. And one time my dad ran outside into the backyard and shouted, You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! Like, at my neighbor. And I forgot that was a movie
2: reference until I just watched it again. Hang on.
1: That's what he was doing?
2: Hang on. Your dad literally ran into the backyard. Literally. Literally. And quoted this movie as a as a threat to the as neighbor, a threat.
1: As exactly. you've never met my dad. This totally tracks. I,
2: I met is your dad. Amazing. That checks <laughs> out. Um, yeah, like, speak, to, like to quote speak, a movie to be real intimidation yeah, is amazing. Yeah. Oh man, I
0: um <laughs> I I have so much respect for that. Uh also have, <laughs> for all the dads yeah. out there watching, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day.
1: Happy Father's yeah. Day. Yeah. I have a lot of deeply personal connections to this movie that I didn't realize until watching it again. So this is a bit of a trip for me, but so that was one of the reasons it took me out of the movie was I was like, "Oh my god, dad." And the other reason was because uh I I don't know if it made sense for the t- cuz like so if you're thinking you're Bruce Wayne, you're just in a suit and you have a fire poker, right? There is Joker, there is Joker's henchman who is carrying at least a jukebox, if not more. And then there's other henchmen who's probably carrying a gun. How much damage are you really going to do with that? Slash, are you just distracting so you can get out of the situation fast enough? I didn't know if I knew what he was doing or why he did it.
0: Um, I'm still so fascinated about your dad saying it. So... <laughs> so I have a question. Then, did your dad ever send you to your room and like stick his head in the door, and be like never touch another man's rhubarb, and then slam the door? <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, but my first ever
1: toy as a kid was this Batmobile.
0: Okay,
2: yeah. I I, yeah. I
0: had the Batman Forever one. So, oh,
2: so the the, the the scene that took you out, yeah, of it. I'm the way that I've always seen that was him mm. just trying to end the situation faster because i think bruce saw where things were heading Mm -hmm. with that whole thing and he wanted to end it he wanted to you know get that whole situation done and over with so he did what he did he just ran in made a bunch of noise puffed out his
0: chest and got shot and Mm -hmm. i i think the most interesting thing that we're not talking about in that scene is when the Joker says, "Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight?" That takes him out of it because he remembers that from his childhood. Right. Um, right. So that's that's when he's like, like, that's when the facade the the facade drops. He's like, "What?" Like, yeah. it, it, Like that's when he's brought back down to earth from this performance that he's putting on. He's just trying to distract the Joker and protect Vicky. Um, hmm. which brings us to Jack Nicholson's Joker. Um, so Devin, what? How does the Joker performance hold up for you after 26 years? You
1: know, it took, this was a different read on the Joker than I was used to. So I said this last week in the podcast and I was hundred percent like not joking. Or I said, who even is the bad guy in this movie? I wasn't kidding. I forgot Jack Nicholson was the Joker and that this was a Joker movie.
2: Completely forgot. Okay. And that's why Alan was like, we need to move on because I was like, my head was about to pop, like seriously about to just like <laughs> blow who a
0: gasket. Did you, who did you think was the bad guy in this?
1: So I know that in the lexicon of pre Nolan bad guys, there is, um, there is two face. There is Mr. Freeze or, you know what I mean there's penguin. I thought this was two face. I forgot two face. Wasn't the main bad guy in a movie.
0: Okay. Like he was just
1: one of two. So I thought maybe it's Two-Face because I know Tommy Lee Jones plays him. But in general, this Joker, it was a different origin story than I was used to. I didn't know about him being like an aged gangster and thought that was an interesting take on it. it um,
0: it's the first time they gave the Joker a real name. This is the introduction yeah. of Jack Napier into the, the uh, mythology of Batman.
1: Is he Jack Napier in every iteration sense? Uh, Every is a strong word. Most is is probably th- better.
0: Currently, not necessarily. Um, there, there's a storyline going on in the main DC continuity
2: mm-hmm. called
0: the Three Jokers. There are three different Jokers. One of them is a gangster, which is the Jack Napier. One of them's a comedian, which is follows the um, the Red Hood storyline, and the other one's the psychopath. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So Jack Napier has become part of the the Joker's mythology. There's always the possibility that he might just like he he might be, he might not be. Uh there is a storyline which I'm currently reading called Goth Batman White Knight, where mm-hmm. the Joker takes where Batman force feeds like antipsychotic pills to the Joker. He goes into a coma and comes out completely sane and stops going by Joker. And it goes by Jack Napier. Weird. Yeah. And it's very good because it it deals with like, well, hold on. I'm only this way because I was only doing this because of Batman. Batman's the real problem. And like Gordon starts to like all of Gotham starts to turn on Batman for all of the destruction and driving the Batmobile on rooftops. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. I highly recommend that storyline. So
1: not to sidebar the conversation, but give me that. If you can give me. Things that question Batman's morality, I'll take that all day. I love that.
2: Well, Uh, that's... I love the interaction where they're up on the tower and mm -hmm. the Joker's like, you know, you made me, you dropped me into the bat. And then Batman's like, you made me well before I made you.
0: Yeah. Um, And
1: I thought that was interesting.
0: mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. There was enough in this Joker performance. So first off, Jack Nicholson killed it. I mean, I know this goes without saying. This is not going to be a, a weird hot take. He freaking killed it. But there's a part of the backstory that I thought was subtle that I really loved, and I want to make sure I got the right read on it. So I figured okay. I'd ask you guys. When he's Jack Napier, before the accident, he has his lucky deck of cards, uh, and he's got a hole in the Joker. Is that because he was shot, and the deck of cards stopped a bullet, and the Joker one was the one that like stopped it, and that's kind of where he gets the Joker thing from? Cause that was how I read the scene, and I went, "Holy shit!" Sorry, "Holy poop!" That was really good.
0: <laughs> I uh, always thought it was a cigarette burn. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why the the hole is in the Joker card. Um, I would assume it was to, if you were gonna play a a game that doesn't need jokers to just to easily pull it out of the deck. But I like I like to read that it, that's why he, they, it stopped a bullet. I like I like that idea. Because, I mean, I feel like he'd identify
1: with the Joker more because I think the only problem I had, so when he was Jack Napier, all on board. When he was Joker, 100% on board. There was this, like, 20-minute span in the middle where he was, like, Jack Napier, Joker, like, weird kind of random thing. And the whole time I was just like, where did he get his love of circus objects from? Why does he now have a punching glove? And, like, I understand where they're trying to get the character and that he has to be there. But there's this weird intermediary where, like, I've seen a go who's a gangster. Now he's employing mimes.
0: Yeah, I think you watch his progression into madness throughout the film. So, yeah, when, like the chat brought up the surgery scene. Um, mm-hmm. that's the moment where he starts to break, and the rest of the film, he he gets crazier and crazier. I also think they just take a lot, like the the punching glove. I think is just. pulled pulled from the comics like what what, like what like we're making this big superhero comic book movie with the Joker let's bring in some set pieces from that and just show how crazy he is like the bang gun Um, right I think that's part of it too but I also think that you can look at his progression and his state of mind like he's just going insane like at the Mm -hmm. end when he kills Bob the goon like that's just like that he's his number one guy but he's like you know what i I lost my balloons boom you're dead
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you start getting to the point where you don't know how the joker is going to react and that's part of his character trait is the fact that like you could do something to the joker that any other character would kill you for and he would give you a rubber chicken and let you live Or you would do something to him that would just be like a mild prank that anybody would pull, and you're the one out of the ten people that he kills for it. Mm -hmm. Like he's getting to that character.
1: And I I think that was that was the only uncomfortable part for me for his performance, because like I I just don't don't know if I knew where like the circus stuff came from aside from like he's crazy. And like, sure. But then once he like leaned into Joker, like scene where he went to oh, what is the museum called it was like the the flugelheim museum or something when he went to the museum loved it absolutely loved it parade loved it like give me more prince plus joker please
0: okay yeah, well okay so you brought up a good something we haven't touched on yet and that is the uh the prince of it all <laughs> and the prince soundtrack to this uh ryan what what are you Grow, like since you grew up with this with this film, what is your take on the Prince soundtrack in here?
2: I think it fits. It's great. It's it sets its time period. Um, Prince was extremely popular at the time this movie was made, and. I'm still kind of questioning where you're going with this because I've heard you talk okay. about Prince and Batman before, and I'm like, I've never heard anybody say anything negative
0: about it, so I'm really concerned okay. where you're going with this. Devin, <laughs> De- I'll give my thoughts here in a second. Devin, what did you think of Prince in this movie? The use of Prince. Actually,
1: I'm going to answer your question, Ryan. What do I think of Prince being in here?
2: I'm that, going... that's right. It's
1: not sealed, so I love it.
2: Yeah. Okay. Good. I just wanted to make sure because I'm <laughs> like, okay, it's not Seal. It is, is Prince another one of these like people so, that he's like can't stand? Exactly. Like, what's going No, on? I love Prince. Anybody good. watching who's, who's
0: not sure what we're talking about, Devin <sighs> hates "Kiss from a Rose" with a dying passion.
1: I just I'll fight anyone on it. Yeah. To where he does not for like real, Seal. but I just I don't like I, I don't like Seal. I don't like "Kiss from a Rose." I'm sorry. Like I understand it's a bad hot take, but uh, we just okay. lost two
0: viewers. So, no. <laughs> Okay, so I like the Prince I like the use of prints in this movie. I think Party Man and um, Trust are fantastic musical moments in this film. My problem with it is is it dates the film. Where you have this Gotham, neo-gothic Gotham that looks futuristic, but everyone else is like wearing 50s suits and I like get it, it's like a mid-century Gotham aesthetic with the costumes and the cars you have the prince from the 80s and it just feels like i think i remember reading at one point tim burton wanted to this film to feel timeless but Mm -hmm. the only the biggest disadvantage of the prince music is that it makes it feel aged like it may it sets it in the in the 80s
2: Unfortunately, unless you're going to make a movie that is set in like the year 2245 and completely futuristic with no modern music in it. It's the only way you're going to make anything seem timeless or unless you do something in the 60s and just try to blend something from every decade together. The fact that this was made in 1989 to be timeless and we're 30 years past it's going to be it's going to be dated. Um, Yeah, where I've never got that where to me, I, I don't see the clash in it uh, because even though, yeah, people are wearing suits like the 50s, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the cars are like mid 80s. Uh, cause of like the boxy Fords and Chevys, mm-hmm. you have, you have a few cars from like the fifties and like sixties in there, but the majority of them are all boxy, like late seventies, early eighties and mid eighties. Um, and then you have like a lot of the background characters when they're showing like the city shots, they're eighties punks. Like they're all dressed like they're going to a dead Kennedy's concert. Um, huh. th- 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 they got, you've got Mohawks, you've got the leather jackets, you got yeah. the spikes, Um, and then when it comes to the Prince music, I don't know if they got a contract form or what, because I know that there's an album for this that has music on it. That wasn't even in the movie. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: the the Batman soundtrack, he did a whole soundtrack of just Batman songs and it uses clips of the, uh, of the movie too. So like the one track opens with the, I'm of a mind to make some moogie, like line from the Joker. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, so there's... hold on.
1: Was Party Man made for this movie?
0: Yes, the whole every yeah. Prince song was made for this movie. Party Man is actually the uh, vinyl I have back here. I got the Party, Party Man
1: thing. was like half a step away from being uh, the Spaceballs theme song. So like in my mind, the wor- So movies used to have theme songs. I think that's great. I kind of love it. Uh, Men in Black, Men in Black Two, great. Ghostbusters, sure. Uh, I think the worst ever movie theme song in my mind is uh, Spaceballs, because the whole point of it is that the Spaceballs, watch out! And I think that's so lame, and if the Party Man song was going to go, oh, it's, he's mean, he's green, he's the Joker, I was going to be like, out of here, I'm done with this Prince song.
2: Spaceballs is satire. Every part of that oh, movie it's supposed is satire. To be.
1: Oh, I know. It's supposed to be. Like, it's on purpose. It's like, um, have you ever seen The Critic? The movie or the TV series, The Critic. No. Ah, they have a movie in it, or a musical in it called Hunch the Musical. It's just a Hunchback of Notre Dame, but musical, uh, and it's satire on bad musical adaptations. I understand Spaceballs is satire on bad movie songs. Yes. But it it, it works. Like and Party Man was going to be almost satire level if instead of calling him Party Man they called him Joker Man.
0: Okay. Okay. Um. This thing, this this film does have a theme song. No, it doesn't. Please tell me it's Batman Dance. It's Bat Dance. Bat Dance, Uh, yes. I'm posting it in the the Twitch feed, and I'm going to comment it here on Facebook as well. Um, So without turning your sound on, Devin, I want you to take a look at this music video. Anyone who's watching at home and, and doesn't want to click the link, that's fine. What Bat Dance is, it's a music video where Prince is half Batman, half Joker, and it is just insane look no. at devin's
2: face look at devin's yeah. face what look is at his it face. that's bat dance yes that's bat dance literally the best the the best superhero themed <sighs> music video ever made now that's a hot got take. The,
1: it's got the 1960s batman like
2: theme in the background yeah it does yeah. isn't it? it's it's amazing it's a, Best thing ever created for Batman ever. I don't agree. I, oh, what, I do completely. It? Are you listening to it yet? Yes. Oh, no, you're not because the sound. Oh, no, you, you have the sound on. Can you on hear it? Headphones? No. No, I don't want to hear it at the moment. No, we can't. We can't nobody we should can't want it. to hear this. <laughs> it is literally the best thing ever made.
1: It seems like somebody was like,
2: okay, we need some thriller energy
1: in here, but also be both hero and villain. Mm
2: hmm. It's Prince, though. So what do you expect? Like that's Prince. Like that's like that is Prince. That's what he does. Yeah. You look know. Good. You know.
1: Still better than "Kiss from a Rose." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy. Okay. That, that's fine. Um, oh, no, look. I like it. I okay. kind of like it. To be honest.
2: It, it. I mean, listen to it without watching the music video at some point.
1: Well, I mean, it's got a cool beat. I mm-hmm. like the dances that they do in the music video. The music video isn't the worst part of it by any means.
0: So, yeah. speaking of uh, tie in songs in Batman, I saw a video the other day of a trailer, a, a TV spot for Batman Begins. That before it was in theaters, there was a, a, a TV spot where it was Christopher Nolan's Batman. So, Christian Bale, mm-hmm. Katie Holmes, all of that, set to Nickelback no someday by Nickelback yeah it was so off-putting that I was like this makes no sense at all Warner Brothers what were like it had to be on the WB like during an episode of Smallville and I was like that even then it do... I can't justify it like it makes Ew. no sense at all those two do not well, mix it's I like mean, oil like... and vinegar so like, keep them apart here's 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 the
2: defense for that. So when you're looking at Nickelback, take away the Internet's outrage for the band and you look at how much money they make, the awards they've won, number, you know, sales, platinum, gold, whatever record, whatever that tier is. And you're a suit bean counting, you know, when it comes to like, okay, so what band are we going to get to mix with our product that's going to to make it successful by the numbers yeah at 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 that time Nickelback Nickelback.
0: yeah I I mean it's just so like it doesn't fit the 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 tone at all like I guess Hans Zimmer was still working on the score so they didn't have that but I I get it it's 2005 this is three years after Nickelback like after Chad Kroger and Josie Scott had hero on Spider-Man so that's right
1: forgot um, about that Gross. all right it,
0: looking at the chat another bad guy in the film is the character of carl grissom played by the late jack palance guys i just want you both to know you're my number one a uh, guys <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the side characters in this so you have uh carl grissom as the the mob mm-hmm. boss of gotham do you guys know jack Palance from anything else the I name sounds so familiar that's about it did you ever see city slickers Yes. Oh, no. He's curly. He's the cowboy. Yeah. He's the cowboy. Yeah. He sleeps with his eyes open. And then his, <laughs> yeah. um, Yeah. He, he has a, a smaller part in this, but he, 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 his presence is felt throughout the whole film because everything that Joker does is based off of his empire. Yeah. Um, mm. And I think they could have easily, he was also in the movie Shane. Uh, have you guys seen Shane?
2: No. No. I didn't even know it was a movie. Well, I saw Shane yesterday, but I haven't seen the movie. Are you making a, a, a My Terrible Uncle joke? I'm making an Alan joke. Thank you. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Shane, Shane is the Western that is playing throughout uh, Logan.
2: Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. We, okay. We'll,
0: have to, we'll have to watch that at some point. It's a It's a classic. Um, At least I have a frame of reference now for it. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll have to put that on the list. Um, well,
1: that's another genre I don't know anything about. It's like rom coms and westerns. I just have never seen any of.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not huge on the western genre. I remember watching that in film school, so I'm adding that to my no. list.
2: I think um, there'll probably ever be one western I'll probably ever pick to have you guys watch. Which one? I don't know yet.
1: <laughs> Is it All Quiet on the Western Front?
2: It's probably Wild Wild West is the only Western cowboy movie I've ever actually liked.
1: Oh my gosh, um, me too. I bought fake guns after that
2: when I was a kid because I thought oh it was so boy. cool. I um, didn't even do that. Okay.
0: Uh, what would you guys think of Vicki Vale as the love interest? Kim Basinger in here. Ve-
2: a Very late 80s and it fits.
1: She wore a wedding dress to the party and I couldn't get over it. <laughs> I you know still what? haven't gotten over. I thought it was a gag.
2: No, no, you know what? I'm sorry, but if you can pull off a milkman tux, or if you can pull off a wedding dress as normal pieces of clothing to go to a party like that, you rock it. But if she you can pull, pull off a wedding, oh, she did. If you can pull off a wedding dress at a evening party, you do it. Okay. <laughs> the whole so, time
1: I thought it was a gag. I was like, she's gonna <laughs> propose to Bruce Wayne or something, and it's gonna be funny in how she gets <laughs> it, a picture. So it's
0: <laughs> her costumes get a special credit at the beginning of the film, which I noticed. They time. do. Uh, so I think they do that to make her stand out because being the love interest in a superhero film in the eighties was kind of a big deal. Uh, mm. Cause do you guys know Vicki Vale from the comics at all or anything? No. Uh, did you know the name? Does she,
1: does she turn into Oracle or is that somebody else? I know that that's
0: Barbara Gordon. That's Batgirl. Okay.
1: I know I know like they have like a whole like birds of prey, like a lot of these people end up superheroes. Vicky
0: Vicki Vicky Vale's always been um the she's always been like a reporter in Gotham, like a photographer. So mm-hmm. um she's always been, like she appears in the Arkham games as a reporter for a news okay. station. Like this is Vicky Vale outside of uh Arkham City, Blah blah, blah. Um, So she's she's a she was big in the comic books back in the day. Um, she's not one of Batman's main love, love interests anymore. She's just a oh. supporting character in Gotham. Nowadays, it's Selena Kyle and Talia. Talia. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if it was a thing before this movie. It probably was. I mean, I'm not old enough to know. But I feel like whenever they have a character. Uh, like a, a lead actress love interest like this, and they're trying to establish. Um, I feel like white clothing, particularly white outfits, is something that how is that is one of the like checklist things that they do. Because I think in a, I think in the one Terminator movie when they switched uh, the lead actress love interest, I think like the first scene she was in, she was wearing white, and mm-hmm. like and they tried to put her in white as much as possible. So I mean, I've that might be a thing. Is it for purity? I have no yeah. idea. I doubt. Yeah, it, it is. I oh, think okay. it's
0: also <laughs> to juxtapose her against Batman, who's wearing all black. I'll oh, wait, take Bruce that Wayne over is the Steve one.
1: Jobs going. Like he's like Steve Jobs for ninety percent of this movie.
0: Where do you think Steve Jobs got it? I
1: really hope it's Keaton's Batman.
0: Uh, <laughs> um. Mm. So what do you think of the bat suit? Since we're on the topic of costumes best neck
2: protection I've ever seen. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, this is,
1: this is the bat suit for me. I mean, if you show me any other bat suit, I'll go, okay, they did it differently. Okay. If you show me this bat suit, I'll go, okay, that's the bat suit.
0: All right. Um. right. All right. Let's get into some other side characters here. So we have Harvey Denton here. So Devin, you said you thought Two-Face was the villain of this. He's yeah. not, he is in this film though. He's just the district attorney played by Billy D. Williams. Can't tell you how much
1: that like shocked me because I know Tommy Lee Jones plays Two Face,
0: yes. and I was like, "Wait, Billy D. Williams is
1: Harvey Dent? What happened?"
0: <laughs> so I don't know if you know this about Warner Brothers, but they don't like to keep consistency throughout their films. See Justice in League. Uh, <laughs> so what happened was Billy D. Williams signed on to play Harvey Dent. He did so knowing that the character becomes Two Face down the line. It was never supposed to be in this film it was going to be in a sequel. Um, mm-hmm. There was a version of Batman Returns where the Christopher Walken character, I almost said Christopher Reeve, Christopher Walken character, Max Schreck, was going to be a corrupted Harvey Dent. And at the end of the film, he was going to become Two-Face. That that didn't happen. Uh, and when it came time oh. for Batman Forever, Warner Brothers decided to buy out Billy Dee Williams' contract and cast Tommy Lee Jones instead so he never got to play Two-Face except for one film do you know which film he got to play Two-Face in I think Ryan knows is it animated yes
2: okay I don't know it. what
0: is it the Lego Batman movie yeah (gasps) that's so cool I love that movie by the way
2: good so he got his uh he got what he wanted eventually
0: finally Yeah. yeah And All suppo- right. Supposedly, we're no longer getting a sequel to that. That's a shame. because yeah. I really I mean,
1: like that movie.
0: I think
2: it's good the way it is.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, so uh, Devin, I, Devin, what were you gonna say?
1: I have so many questions. So, I like have this like jumble of like Batman movies in my head that yes. happen pre Nolan, right? That's why I got confused about whether or not this was a Joker movie and that, or that he was even in here. Cause there's just like it's like alphabet soup of Batmans. I know Val Kilmer's in there, George Clooney's in there somewhere, I know something, something, Batnipples. Uh, and then this like <laughs> rogues Gallery of bad guys, including Bane for some reason. Which one of these movies, and I'm just talking starting with 89, to um to Nolan's Batman, which one of these are direct sequels of this? Okay. And are we talking about direct sequels or like
0: Okay, so Batman Returns is a direct sequel to Batman.
1: Do they switch up any of the actors for that one, or is it the same everything?
0: Same cast. Uh, Vicki Vale is gone. Robert Roll as as Alexander Knox is gone. Uh, okay. But you have Michael Keegan returning as Batman. Uh, Commissioner Gordon and Alfred stay the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then you have Daniel DeVito come in as the Penguin. Yay. And Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman and Wee herman excuse you he, he's in a flashback but i guess it counts <laughs> um so there that's a sequel to this and then you have batman forever which is a sequel to batman returns where okay. val kilmer is now playing batman but you have the same commissioner gordon same alfred and what make- happened to keaton So behind behind the scenes, Tim Burton was asked to leave the franchise because Batman Returns was considered too dark for kids and McDonald's had a hard time selling the cups that you see here behind me. (laughs) Danny Devito, Danny DeVito's Penguin was too terrifying. Um, Kids didn't like him. Uh, My wife is still horrified of Danny DeVito to this day in that film. Um, Oh. But... It was too dark, so Tim Burton stepped aside as director. They brought in Joel Schumacher to take over the film. Tim Burton stayed on as producer. Um, they made it lighter. They made it more uh, neon, and they changed the bat suit up. Val Kilmer came in as Batman. You kept um, you kept Alfred and Gordon the same, but it's still. They make reference to to uh, Catwoman at one point. Uh, oh, okay. Because Nicole Kidman says, or do I need uh, tight black latex? Oh. Um. And in Batman Returns, they reference uh, Alfred letting Vicki Vale in the Batcave. Oh. So mm-hmm. they do reference each other. Uh, and then there's Batman and Robin, <laughs> which is a sequel to Batman Forever. Uh, but George Clooney is now playing Batman. You keep the rest mm-hmm. of the cast. Yeah. Um, And then Schwarzenegger plays Mister Freeze, and Uma mm-hmm. Thurman's Poison Ivy, and then of course back in Batman Forever they re- recast Harvey Dent. Right. So, so those are those those four films are all in the same continuity, technically. Weird. They they they, they the box set of they released the box set of all four, which is what I own on Blu-ray.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so they're all in the same continuity. Uh, if you look at the graphic novel adaptation of them all. Like this one behind me has like film reels going at the beginning. So that that's kinda cool. But in the Batman for Batman returns one, it it it's it starts off with the director saying action and then ending with cut. So there's a theory that Batman and Robin and Batman Forever take place in the Batman nineteen eighty nine universe, but are just movies about Batman.
1: Oh shit. I really like that.
2: So and then- this is where I really – this is where, Devin, mm-hmm. you are really hung up on, like, continuity that is more connected than what these movies are, right? uh uh-huh. like, A little you're bit. Really, yeah. Because of these movies all mm-hmm. being technically within the same storyline, this is where, when it comes to, like, certain uh, genres of films mm-hmm. – I give a lot of passes to. It's like, oh, it's not the same actor. Oh, it's fine. It's still the same character. Why do... Why is... You know... Why is this different? Why is that different? Why was the car in this shot a Ford, but the same car is supposed to be a Chevy in this one? It doesn't really matter. Yeah. (laughs) So, Um, that's where I've gotten... This is because I've gotten that... This is where I got that attitude from.
1: I think my biggest hang-up with all of it, and the reason why I was like, is it, though is because my favorite character in Batman is completely different between the two movies, or okay. between the the four movies, and that's Gotham. Gotham yeah. in these first two is not Gotham from the Schumacher era. Yeah. It's cleaner in the Schumacher era. It's more neon. It's like, if it's the same, like, they had a heck of a government initiative to clean up the <laughs> streets, and oh boy, did it work.
2: See, the thing is, too, like, uh, I think it was... Uh, the was it it, it? it goes Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, or is it Batman yes. and Robin, Batman Forever? Batman
0: Forever, Batman, Batman and Robin. And
2: Batman, uh, with the, with the Riddler, they play a flaming lip song when they mm-hmm. introduce that character. In the Gotham world of the first two movies, you would not put a flaming lip song on the soundtrack, it mm. wouldn't work. So, I mean, it, Gotham is drastically different between the two.
0: Yeah. And uh and that's I, just something you accept. But I, I yeah. also think it's just the progression of time too, because even in this film, yeah. outside of Grissom's window, you see some of those uh stoic statues on the buildings, like like the, the the figures holding up the globes. Um so I I feel like Gotham just evolves and morphs into what becomes Schumacher's Gotham because I think there's still it's still based in the same like what like the first two are definitely connected right. style-wise but then when you bring mm-hmm. Schumacher in you're seeing a different side of things things have evolved music's going to change instead of instead of Prince you you or Susie and the Banshees you're going to have the Flaming Lips and the Smashing Pumpkins and mm-hmm. even though Devin hates it Seal uh, <laughs> <laughs> gross so I think it, it's just a, a evolution of time in gotham um, in the chat, uh, another bad guy in the film is Lieutenant Eckhart Eckhart in this movie. I always get confused with Bullock who's a, who's in the comics in the animated series is, um, is like the, the, the detective who doesn't like Batman at all. He was also on Gotham. Um, but, oh, and YouTube, then... I forgot you two in Batman forever, gross, <laughs> gross.
1: Why is that gross? You too? Come on. Oh <laughs> look, I went to a I'm YouTube sorry. concert. I went there. I bought tickets. I was a paid. I like you two. I really do. You you, ha- you
0: you help support Bono's Tinted Shades. Uh, I do. And I you know what? Obsession. I wasn't
1: even mad when Joshua Tree showed up on my iPod. I wasn't. Okay. So but why you?
0: I don't know if it fits. Like I feel like it's like,
1: hey guys, guess what?
0: Nineties U two nineties you nineties 90s U two fits for Batman. Fits rubber. a little better. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. me, it's like, hey, do you know
1: who we got or what band we got for this next Star Wars movie? Slipknot. Like that's what yes. that feels like to me.
2: That's what I um, want. That's the <laughs> That's the kind of Star Wars movie I've always wanted. I want a Star Wars movie from the trenches. From the where t- the main character listens to corn and slipknot.
0: Well, the good news is you can listen to whatever you want if you want to. do the direct (laughs) sequel to batman 1989 which is coming out next month uh dc comics is doing a batman 89 comic line where they continue the storyline of michael keaton's batman where harvey dent is designed after billy d williams this is going to be a Good. digital comic that they're releasing along with a Superman seventy eight, where they're going to follow Christopher Reed's Superman, and just tell more stories in that world. So you're going to be able to listen to your Slipknot while you read this, Ryan, if you want. <laughs> Batman in the trenches. <laughs> for me, for me, I'm listening to the the Batman score because whenever I read Batman, that's what I hear. That's the music I hear. I hear the the Danny Elfman's music, but I read Batman's voice as uh, Kevin Conroy. From the animated series like that's who oh, i hear that's cool um so there is there is a, a, a an actual sequel to batman coming out in the comics that you'll be able to enjoy um but if you you guys want to see more michael keaton as batman like is yeah. that something you want to see in the future
1: i mean if they can yeah i mean if i think we're gonna get it right
0: oh yeah we're getting it uh, Good, we should it, It's I want happening it. <laughs> uh, On the screen now is uh, a, a picture posted by the director of The Flash The mo- upcoming film from DC Where The Flash travels through different multiverses And meets Michael Keaton's Batman So this is the uh, Batman suit That we will be seeing in The Flash film
1: Do you think it's Dark Knight like esque Michael Keaton, like he's going to be old and over it. And like, like that kind of era, because if that's was, if this was roughly based on Frank Miller, it fits.
0: I'd, I don't know. Um, it could be I based on the art that they released. I'm not sure. Cause there sure. is a, I have on the screen now the, uh, con- some of the concept art they released at DC fandom last year, uh, mm-hmm. where it's Michael Keaton's Batman fighting alongside the flash. So I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, I'm really excited to see it. Oh, that's really
1: interesting.
2: What if uh, they're not doing like? Okay, so he goes to Flash goes to into the Batman '89 multiverse thing. They're getting Hollywood is getting so good at de aging technology. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit afraid that they're going to do like ten years post the movie. Oh, they'll de Uh, aging a bit. They'll DH Keaton a little bit. They might put in a body double here and there for like stunts, you know, minor stunts, stuff stuff that he would have done himself, you know, normally. But I'm wondering if that's what they're going to do. Okay.
0: I don't know that's if I'd be possible. mad
2: about it, to be fair. I don't know if I'd be mad about it either, but I'd rather see him old because I've always wanted to see the Batman 2000 dynamic. I still want that. Bat- I, Batman I, I know beyond. it's not good. Batman Beyond. I know it's probably not going to happen, but it's something I still want to see. I think it would be cool if, like, they go back and, you know, he goes back into this multiverse and they're at the beginning of that where, like, Bruce Wayne is, like, training the Beyond kid.
0: It it might, you know? There's a lot of speculation that this is going to be the setup for a Batman Beyond film down the line or Batman Beyond uh, HBO Max series. Good. I, I can't wait. Um so yeah, that's gonna be exciting. So we get to see Michael Keaton on the big screen again next year.
1: I think that's gonna be really neat. I mean Chat's right, Keaton barely aged anyway, so he'll look good no matter what.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's
2: Side got um, the
1: uh hmm? So we mentioned so another thing Chat brought up was and, and I wanted to kind of parlay this into Keaton's Batman actually, uh, is that he the cool scene when he takes on the two muggers on the rooftop, it actually since I hadn't seen this movie in so long, I forgot an aspect about Keaton's Batman that I wanted to make sure I was right about. He doesn't do a Batman voice, right? He doesn't. Like, he's... No. I kind of like that.
2: Like, I like that he's just himself. Like, he's not like, oh, Keaton, no. That's one of the things that always threw me off about the Michael Bay Batman. Yeah? Not not Michael Bay. Uh, Christian Christian Bale. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) That was for Alan. I want to make him mad. <laughs> uh, no, th- I think the first Batman, I could be wrong about this. I think the first Batman to do the separate voice was Kevin Conroy. Like he has the Bruce Wayne voice where he's down here and talks smooth. And then Batman's very gruff and I am the night. I am vengeance. I am Batman. Like, Interesting. Very, like, so it was animated that did it first. And then Val Kilmer did it a little bit, but not to the point of Christian Bale. where He's like, where are the other drugs going? <laughs> It, it was more. I mean, it was, Christian Bale was almost
1: to the point of parody.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, Michael Ke or Fal uh, Kilmer kind of just disguised his voice, and then George Clooney was uh, phoning it in. Uh, <laughs>
2: so yeah, George Clooney was George Clooney. Like that's yeah. just he wasn't Batman or Bruce Wayne. He was George
0: Clooney. He was George Clooney. <laughs> um, so is it is there a visual moment of this film that sticks in your guys' mind that when you think of this film, like that's that's your favorite moment to look at? Uh.
2: Um mine for the Joker, and I don't know if this is telling, I it's not, but I still I, I, I laugh hysterically every time it happens, is when the Joker is still Jack and mm. his girlfriend comes up behind him and puts her her uh, um and puts her hand on his shoulder and says, You look fine, and he turns around and says, I didn't ask. and he he looks at her hand and she takes her hand off i just that is the that i laugh hysterically every time i see that scene i don't know why it's just one of those things where it's just the gall and the attitude the guy has to just you know be that into himself
0: (laughs) and it it, it, it makes sense when you see him progress further into the joker character and like mm -hmm. how how crazy Mm -hmm. he gets Cause you yeah. can see a little bit of it there. Like he's, he's so vain. He probably thinks mm-hmm. this movie's about him. Uh, <laughs> Cause he does. He's like, I've given a name to my pain and it is Batman.
1: Putting a pin uh, in that, man. by the way, I'll take out the pin later, but we're putting a pin in that. Cause I want to talk about it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, my scene for this is the first time we see Batman where it's like, it's the two guys on the rooftop. It's all smoke. And you see he like Keaton's Batman kind of come down, like all bat, like, I think that's really cool. And I like, like, I feel like they did that shot or something similar to that a lot. And I really liked it. And that's kind of like, that sets the tone for the movie for me. I think
0: for, for me, it's the final shot where he's standing on the, 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 the statue and the top of the building, and just looking out over the night sky with the mm-hmm. uh, bat signal. You know, like like our design here today. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason hey, I picked I, pick that. It's like I designed it or something for for us today. Um, that's my that's the iconic shot for me. Uh, that and the the bat wing going up above the clouds. Oh and yeah, lining up with the moon and then diving back down into the into the the the, cl- the sea of clouds below below it.
2: Good, because I was calling as soon as I saw that. I was watching it yesterday. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, "Oh, Devin's gonna have a problem with this." No, no, I loved it. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, good. No, because that's no. usually something you point out. Here's
1: here's the thing I had a problem with. Does everybody need themed vehicles? Yes. I don't know how long the Joker was the Joker, but he was Joker long enough to buy and paint a helicopter. Stop it.
0: No, don't I stop it. it. I love it. I love it. It's it.
1: quirky. I love it. It's quirky. But like, is he gonna have a Joker blimp next? Like, when
0: when was the last time you watched Batman Returns?
1: Um, I played the video game. It's been six years, probably, since you, Returns. Like,
0: you need to watch Batman Returns because the the Penguin. Oh, he has the j- duckmobile. He has the rubber rubber duckmobile. Yeah, but he then
1: well, so the Joker in this one has Joker van, which you need Joker van. But yeah. he doesn't also have bird, like, he doesn't have, like, bird helicopter, too, or, like, the penguin sub. I mean,
0: he's, he's, got, is, okay. he's, he's, got umbre- he's got his umbrellas, so. Oh, true. And there's, there's,
2: understand, so they only show one helicopter, right? Yeah. And he took over, what, like, the, 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 the top gangster's, like, kingdom? Mm-hmm. He, he, I guarantee he has a helicopter. And I'm pretty sure that green and purple paint didn't cost that much down at, you know, the, 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 down at the local hardware store. Right. But if you're, a, okay, so if you're a bad
1: guy and your deal is I can do anything I want and I'm going to do anything anywhere. And I'm not going to get arrested. You know, whatever, yeah. I, and, and I won't get arrested. Like, I don't care if people know that I'm coming. Wouldn't it be better to not paint your helicopter so then you can just be anywhere and do anything? Not Oh, no. Guys, I think Joker's coming to rob us. There's this green helicopter. <laughs> oh, yep, yeah, He's stopping above us. All no. right. Um. You want to call the cops? He's coming. Oh, yep, there's the ladder.
2: Here's the, here's, here's the thing. If you're that invincible as a criminal, I'm going to have theme music blaring out of speakers <laughs> off the thing so people can hear me from five miles away. They're going to go, is that Eve 6? Yeah, so, I think that's an Eve 6 Eve song. Six oh, no, here comes Eve Arno. <laughs>
0: here comes so, Ar- so here's my thing with it. Um, like... So the Joker takes over the broadcast several times. So he's got... Loved it. Who, yeah. What what took me out of it? Like, the whole helicopter thing I can buy into. What, what, what got me was he makes that commercial where he's like, new Joker products. And he has this, like, <laughs> his own theme music playing behind him. Oh, my God. <laughs> loved it. Which I'm like, okay. So either he's also a musician and was able to compose this himself or... He hired somebody in Gotham, like, hey, I need this quirky, like, fun commercial music. Like, he just found Danny Elfman in Gotham somewhere. Like, hey, can you do this for me? Like, hey, Ongo Boingo, can you please help me out? Ongo Boingo.
2: Okay, so so here's my thing with it to where, like, that's never, like, been a thing either in movies. I had you guys watch the movie Toys, remember? yeah. Yeah. Okay you remember that scene in the hallway where they make the security guards believe they're watching MTV Yeah, and oh, they yeah. play that song. That's an actual song. Like it's not something that's made up. It was a real like thing. Mm-hmm. I always thought that song was just made up by the characters to distract the, the security guards until yeah. like I was like 15. So, and, and I saw toys before I saw this movie mm-hmm. and so to me whenever something like that happens you know like oh it's a random how did they come up that song i'm like oh they did this in toys it's whatever <laughs> it's, it's, no here's
1: here's my yeah. my thing is that one of his goons has a song in his heart and the passion to become a music like a, a musician but he's got to pay the bills and dang it does a joker have good health insurance so he's doing that as his main job and doing music on the side and finally he gets recognized for his
2: talents and the Jokers likes art. He's an artist. They said that in his bio, in his medical records.
1: He's, He's also artist, a scientist so. and a chemist because those okay. are different.
0: So while, <laughs> while we're on the topic of scores, Ryan, you said, or music, you, you said you yeah. like, you know the score to this.
2: Yeah. I mean, even to the point where at the beginning, well, yeah, it's 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 kind of at the beginning when Jack turns into Joker and he falls into the pit. Like, I love the score of how it changes whenever Batman comes into the scene, like behind a character and everybody's running around. You can hear the difference in the music whenever Batman, like, appears then disappears. And then when they're running, like, everything about this movie and the score stands out to me.
0: So Danny Elfman Danny Elfman's been talking about the score lately. Devin, do you have any Good. thoughts about it before I get into what Danny Elfman has to say about his work?
1: This is what Batman sounds like. I'm sorry, Christopher. Yeah. N- whoever whoever did Christopher Nolan's, I'm sorry you tried. This is what ha- Batman sounds. Hans like. Zimmer. <laughs> Hans Zimmer. Ha- sorry Hans Zimmer, you did Pirates well. This one not so much.
0: Um, and Gladiator so,
2: well. Just want to put that out too. S- so. It's so the, the same thing.
0: It is the same thing. Danny Elfman's been doing some interviews and talking about Batman a lot lately. Mostly because um Michael Keaton's coming back and mm-hmm. he's work like Danny Elfman's working on Doctor Strange. Right. Um, so they're talking about Batman a lot. Evidently when he wrote the the film's the, the theme to this movie, he was on a plane and was running back and forth to the bathroom on the plane to the point where he concerned and scared the flight attendants and was almost arrested. What? Yeah. Uh, they're like, what are you doing in there? He's like, I'm writing the score to Batman. <laughs> like, I'm writing. A Batman <laughs> uh, but he also has some issues with the, with the score and its final uh, placement in the film. So the way it worked back then was he did the score, recorded it, scored like did everything he needed to do, and then handed it over to Warner Brothers to put to the film,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then. Um, they messed with the mix a little bit, so let me see. They did it the no. old school way, where you do the score and turn it over to professionals who turn turn the knobs and dub it in. And the dubbing had gotten really wonky in those years. We recorded on three channels: right, left, and center. Uh, and basically, they took out the center channel, uh, the center channel music out completely. Ew. So, yeah, that was my first lesson in how. So called professionals can take a score to a soundtrack, score in the soundtrack to a movie, and just do their thing non committally. It's a very non committal way that is, it's easiest for them pluck it off to the side and just get the dialogue. So, I mean, fair. I, okay, I've, so, li- I've listened to the score many times. If you have not listened to the complete score, I highly recommend it. Okay, so I got a question. Yes. So, because it was messed up that much,
2: as far as he's concerned. And it's one of the few movies that I'm actually like, yeah, no, I like the score in this because I can, you know, like I can hear it when you're talking about left, right and center channel. Like, is, is that like taking away parts
0: of his orchestra?
2: Like he's it's taking part of away- his orchestration. Yeah.
0: So they might, they might lower down. Like if, uh, if there's, if the, if the, if the right channel is the percussion, the right channel is the, 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 the brass, the woodwinds might be on the center channel heavily more. So you turn okay. that down, you lose the oboe, the clarinet, all that stuff. Okay, so I think look at I... It, look at it this way. It's like if I was talking and Devin was talking, and then mm-hmm. we turned you down so we could barely hear you.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Got it. Um, Which I think this all makes makes sense to me now. So it's probably why I like rock music and other stuff more than I like more complicated music, because it's less stuff that I have to hear through. And I think shorter. that's why I like this more is because the, like I can hear the instruments better because there's probably not as many playing at the same time.
0: Yeah. Uh, I well, think the center, center might channel is just
2: hundred percent cowbell anyway. So it's probably better. It was turned down.
0: Yeah. And then in the sequel, they had uh they One of the he, things that um, Christopher Walken said when he signed on, is like, I'll do the film, but the soundtrack needs a cowbell.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Alan. I'm being welcome. genuine. Because yeah. Devin made me mad for a second. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need more cowbell. <laughs> I was like, we need more cowbell, Devin.
0: Um, all right. So in the chat, they're, they're saying there is a – uh front of the show, David says, there is a deleted scene where Batman saves a little girl and the girl says, is it Halloween? Fair. I, I don't know about that deleted scene. I do know there is a dele- whole deleted sequence where um, – they kind of hint at it in the film where Batman's on horseback chasing the ch- ch- chasing the Joker through Gotham. Um, How do they hint I, at it? Well, I think the, the the Alfred scene where he's talking about him falling off the horse and spraining his ankle, and that was the last day I gave him a, a riding lesson. I noticed that this time I was like, oh, maybe that because that got cut out later on. In that sequence, we were going to meet Robin, and Robin was going to be part of this film. What? Yeah.
1: How? Like just like little like just, little just Dick Grayson.
0: He he yeah, little Dick Grayson. Uh, they they the chase goes through the circus, and then he gets involved and chases down um the Joker with Batman. A Tim Funny. Burton
2: movie where a Tim Burton movie and a circus. Please tell me Danny DeVito was slated to be the ringmaster.
1: That would have been fun. Well
0: uh, so <laughs> there is like there is that Danny DeVito uh Tim Burton connection, but yeah, uh, also in the chat <laughs> they brought up the one flew over the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson and Danny DeVito. Love that I think one. I think I've never seen that one. So I wrote that down, so we, we know it. to do that on the show later. Um, I think Jack Nicholson helped convince Danny DeVito to take the role of Penguin because he has such a good experience working with Tim Burton on this film as That's the Joker. Cool. So.
1: Well, hold on. I I was talking to Romana about it yesterday, and I don't know if this is – I mean, I'm sure this is true. She read it online, and online can't <laughs> lie to you. Um, but wasn't Robin Williams up for the part of Joker – I heard there was a big deal where like Robin Williams was up
2: for it and wasn't. So,
0: the, the, uh, Ryan, do you want to take this one or?
2: I wanted to make the comment that halfway through this movie, I had the thought: I was like, I wonder how Robin Williams would have done as Joker.
0: So <laughs> kind of. Th- this is what I read on IMDb today. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson okay. said no, so they got Robin Williams. So Robin Williams was cast as the Joker. And then at a certain point, they were able to convince Jack Nicholson to sign on. So they, they got rid of, they, they pretty much removed Robin Williams from the cast and Robin Williams felt used Hmm. and he refused to work for Warner brothers until they apologized because years later, when it came to Batman forever, they wanted him for Riddler. And he said no, because of his experience on this film. Weird. How would you guys have felt with a Robin Williams Joker? I I mean, we'll we'll never get to see it, so I don't know.
1: I think as long as they didn't let
0: him be, like,
1: not let him, but as long as he wasn't just a Robin Williams character, was he's like, oh, it's a flower, oh, Batman, oh, (laughs) like, I I think I would have hated that.
2: No. I think you would have seen more of Robin Williams, the stand-up comedian, than you would okay. have seen him as the movie comedian. And the stand-up comedian, I could see him be a great Joker, dark, yeah. twisted. That that was him. His stand-up was not made for kids. No,
0: I mean uh, what what's great about the Nicholson Joker is you have the com- he does a really good job with the comedic stuff, mm-hmm. yes. but there's also that sinisterness to just Jack Nicholson himself. Mm-hmm. Um, because this, it, like the chat said a while ago, this is um, post Shining, so you have like you time to take your medicine, Jack Nicholson in here too, um, and you can see a little bit of that in in moments, uh, which makes him both terrifying and funny to watch. It's a good balance of the two.
2: No, I agree. I think one of the one of, one of the best areas that shows that balance is when he's doing the meeting with the mobsters, which mm. I cannot, for, the, for a while, when I was a teenager, I could not differentiate in my head between the Dick Tracy meeting with the mobsters and this meeting of the mobsters for a few years because of how similar they are to me. Um, but when he's going back and forth and then he eventually kills the one guy and then he has that conversation with him, at the end, I'm glad you're dead because you're sinister. Like, he's talking to the dead corpse because he's, he's talking to himself. Like, that whole sequence to me shows that balance of, like, what Jack was bringing to the character in yeah. full range.
0: Uh, confession time, I have never seen Dick Tracy.
2: Me neither. Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, hold on. Ryan brought up a good point, though, that I was thinking of during the movie. This movie, and I'm going to do this, and I want you guys to get mad at me. This movie is a live-action cartoon. It just is. Everything in it, the acting is, everything in it is kind of grandiose in the way a cartoon is. It does the same kind of, like, you have to make the same kind of concessions you do for a cartoon to understand its logic. And the only other movie I could think of is Dick Tracy. I
0: I think that, I think Dick Tracy took a lot of influence from this film because this was the year after. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've seen enough of Dick Tracy, like, and clips and trailers and stuff to know what that film looks like. And I think that, mm. I think that it was very heavily influenced by the phenomenon that was Batman 1989. Cause this mm. film was huge. Batman was everywhere. Everyone was doing the bat dance. No, um, they weren't were they, oh yeah. yeah, they were um, like, even like it, it had such a buzz beforehand with the Michael Keaton casting uh, that people were like petitioning for Adam West Batman to come back, and oh come on! Like it, it, it was huge. Let me. Uh, I, I wanted to look up box office numbers. Don't um, you all come on the Adam West Batman?
1: I love the Adam West Batman. I will never oh come on the Adam West Batman. I'm just oh the same people that are like, but it's Mr. Mom playing Batman. Let's get Adam West, the very serious Batman well, actor.
2: Okay. Well, so you've got to understand. It's 1989. Nine. Yeah. Okay. Uh what was on tv when the average like 37 year old was watching kid tv
1: oh the kid tv
2: yeah so so let's say someone who's 37 in 1989 Mm -hmm. and they're one of those people that's like oh i don't want to see mr mom i want adam west back there's a reason why they're saying adam west because that's the batman they grew up with watching Mm -hmm. on tv that makes sense. So, so you've gotta, you got to you've got to think about that. <laughs> think about- so oh, to no
0: to put this in perspective of how big this film was. It cost 35 million dollars to make.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How much do you think it made at the box office? Yeah, uh, on just in the US.
1: I'll say a cool 50 mil.
2: I'm going to say 100. I have no idea what box office numbers are.
0: 251 million dollars. Wow.
2: Closer that's how big didn't. this
0: one was. <laughs> Worldwide, 20. it made four hundred million. Wow! So this was this was huge. Batman was a phenomenon, and and that's why um the, they had a sequel come out uh, four years later, three years later, three years later. Oh, was it that was that 92. late? I figured it was like yeah. the next year. Yeah. No, it was it was three years because uh, wow. you have you have to take time to build the sets and right. uh design the makeup and write the script so it takes three years is about the the first very strong solid sequel to something mm-hmm. that you're not sure is going to work three years is about right where it comes to marvel where you get sequels every two years that's because kevin feige has a plan like okay we're gonna do this and this one and then in the next spider-man we're gonna do this and then and that and the next one we're gonna do this so you right. know where you're going you already have those you're, you're planning 10 years ahead of time, so you know where those films are going to go. So you're working on them way in advance. But three years, I think, is a solid amount of time for a direct sequel. I think anything other than that, if you don't have it planned out ahead of time, mm-hmm. is rushed. But I think Marvel gets away with it because they're planning 10 years ahead of time.
1: So that brought up something I was thinking about yesterday. Batman. These Batman movies fall pretty strictly into the genre of superhero movie they are yes. you could in 1993 say i don't like a superhero movie and you would have thought of this i feel like lately if you go i don't like a superhero movie there's almost always a yeah but you know i did like that spider-man one or i did like that marvel one like i feel like since superhero movies are becoming more ubiquitous and almost blending genres i feel like they're becoming something different than what this is than what this specific movie was, I feel like this movie and a lot of the Batman of this era was more tropey superhero movie than the Marvel movies were, and I'm literally just throwing out a half idea I had while watching it because I don't know how to crystallize it into a whole theory. But I'm wondering what you guys think about that because I feel like the Marvel movies have more of a broad appeal for whatever reason, whether it's the soundtrack for like I feel like like Guardians of the Galaxy is a very high concept sci-fi superhero movie, like to the nines. My mm-hmm. mom who hates superhero movies loves Guardians of the Galaxy. And she won't want, like you tell her it's a superhero movie. She says, I don't watch it, but she loves Guardians. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Like what is Marvel doing that they didn't do in the eighties or nineties?
2: It's be, it's, it's because these movies are other genres first. They just happen to have superheroes in them. It Mm. Just like with Kristen, she's over the superhero thing, one hundred percent at this point. She likes Ant Man. Do you want to know why? It's a heist movie. Oh, it's not as it, it's not a direct superhero movie. It's a take away the whole Marvel aspect to it, and mm. it's a heist movie based in a sci-fi storyline.
0: Yeah. No, and okay. I, th- I and I think we talked about this being a cartoon, but it's also just a comic book adaptation. Like it's just right. We're taking stuff from the page and putting it on the big screen. So Joker punching the the TV with a mechanical boxing glove, oh, that's oh. from the comics. Um, the bat the Batwing flying through the city. We're going to use models, but that's going to be exactly what you would see in the comic book. Mm-hmm. So, I think that I think in the so like the, these Batman films, the Batman from eighty nine to ninety seven. They're definitely comic book movies, but then you get into the Christopher Nolan ones where he gets more into the character and more into the, uh, the grand cinematic storytelling style that he does with, um, the different camera shots and setting it and like making it feel realistic. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the Zack Snyder stuff where everything's gritty and rough and, um,
1: yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it stops being about a comic book adaptation and they go, okay, let's let's make it either a different genre in and of itself that includes superheroes or let's make it a character study and, by the way, that character happens to be a superhero on the yeah. side. Okay, I think I, I like that.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, now we're getting to the point where we're getting TV shows and movies about, like, about, like, that would have been considered superhero like Mm one-offs where like you get like oh like the boys Mm -hmm. like i wouldn't have thought that 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 you know that a show like that would would have never existed 20 years ago and not for the violence just for the concept of itself yeah but now because of the popularity of it you have it um and now you've got 15 not 15 no you've got like three or four other shows that are under the same type of concept. And pretty soon that's going to burn itself out. Yeah.
0: And I, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing to come out of the, the superhero craze that we've been seeing lately is these smaller stories are getting adaptations. So the Mm -hmm. boys is on Amazon. Invincible is on Amazon. You get the umbrella Academy on Netflix. So it's like the comic book craze has taken, has, is starting to get away from the big two, the DC and the Marvel and branching out into these other stories that you may not have read. Uh, one of my favorite shows of the last few years was, um, Oh, what was the name of it? It's it called Colby Smulders. Oh, um, is it
1: uh Maritime?
0: No, not Maritown. Um, Oh, I'm forgetting the name of it. It was based on a comic book. Uh, it's going to okay. bug me. It's, it's yeah, one see, of my, my favorite shows. Um, but like you're getting these smaller stories now being told and even even the big two are deep diving into their um um their their catalog of characters so you have like a character like peacemaker in the suicide squad with James that James Gunn's doing that's being released in August he's getting his own TV show on HBO Max weird um so Uh, So they're deep diving into that. Stumptown.
1: Stumptown. I was so close. I had a feeling town was in the name. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Stumptown is based on a comic book. Highly recommend that show.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, like, there's even movies that people don't really – like, there's a lot of movies that have come out since Spider-Man since – 89, um, that were based on comic books that people just weren't aware of. And I'm still running into people now who don't, who, you know, who don't know that the movie 300 is based off a comic book, right? It's not based off the original, you know, the comic book is based off of the legend. Mm-hmm. The movie is based off the comic book. Yep. And then you have, I am legend, the movie with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. There is a movie with Vincent Price. that's basically the same thing. Both of those were based off a comic book so i mean like there's movies coming out constantly that are based on comic books and people just don't know
1: well and and to take that pin that i had earlier and just unpin it quick uh it that kind of thing even affected i think the pacing of this movie where like not only so these like other kind of you know smaller niche comic book series are kind of doing so well or doing as good as they are because i think they're not necessarily relying on the same like adaptation from comic book kind of formula that this movie does they're relying on hey this is a character study this is a heist movie this is a you know what i mean and a a superhero is part of it because pop culture is accepting of that right now this movie i wasn't expecting it to not be a character study and not be another genre and that freaked almost freaked me out for like the first bit of the movie because the pacing in the first bit of this movie to kind of like bring it back to like a criticism of the movie felt like comic book panels where it was just like thing, 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 thing. Like here's Batman fighting two guys. Here's Jack Nicholson as a gangster. Here's this other thing. Like we didn't get a point of view character for a while in this movie, and that I mean, was think, so weird to me.
0: I, I I feel like comic books do that though. Like it shows you it establishes yeah. what your what world you're living in, who's involved, and then it's like okay, we're gonna focus in on Bruce Wayne here. Yeah, we're gonna focus in on the the villain of the story. We're gonna focus in on Vicky Vale. Uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get uh, Knox's grant like we're gonna focus <laughs> in on everything um, so it, it is very much a a comic book movie and fits that the style of the uh, comic book as well
1: it was a
2: little bit like the Hulk that nobody likes
0: <laughs> without the without which, the the panel which is because without you always panels.
2: get because you always get this one wrong so which one is that again I don't know
1: is it is its Spike Lee. Angley. Dang it. Every time. <laughs> I even um, thought about hanging and I was like, it's not that one. Well,
0: it's funny you bring that up because real quick, well, last little bit of trivia I, I learned today about this film, uh, when they released it to VHS, they actually had to bring up the uh, brightness a little bit because a lot of people in film and theaters were complaining about how dark the film was. And I remember with that Hulk, that was one of my complaints. I think it was the theater I saw it in, but I could not see anything that was happening in some of those scenes. Weird. Yeah. Are we talking? We- oh, great. Now, now I'm the one that's
2: confused. Are we talking about the first Hulk one, the, first the one Hulk. where he actually has yeah. the like the the purple stretchy pants? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where, where he wears the bike helmet to work.
1: I, I'm very sure it's not the Edward Norton one. It's the one just before okay, the good. one from 2003. Eric, we're, we're on the same page. It's, it's the
0: Eric Banner yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's good. exactly we're on the same page. About. Okay, good. okay. So I'm not sure how long we're supposed to be doing our panel today. Um, we're we're at an hour and a half, so I think we're gonna open it up to questions here for the next few minutes. If anyone in the chat has a question whether you're on facebook or twitch uh go ahead and drop it in the comments if, if it has to do with batman great if not if you want to get our opinion on other stuff about the podcast about other films about actors go ahead and drop them in the in the comments we're happy to to answer them for you if, you, if you're just joining us or if you've been with us for a while and don't know who we are we are you have to watch this podcast every week we we have one of us watch a movie one of us has never seen before mm-hmm. uh, so today we we had devin rewatch 1989's batman which he had never seen or he hasn't seen in 26 years it's been a while um so yeah th- um just waiting to see if the chat catches up to us and has any questions any final thoughts on batman before we wrap this up
1: the joker had my my perfect thoughts on the movie uh, okay. He he goes. It's not art, but I like it. Exact thoughts. So. It,
0: it, do you have That's a favorite line guy. from the movie? That was my last question. Do you have a favorite line?
1: Oh my gosh, there were really good lines in this
2: movie.
0: Hmm. Ryan, do you have one? <sighs> this is See, my question. mind
2: always my mind always goes back to I didn't ask. it's <laughs> a good line. But it's a good it's but, a good I moment. Mean, yeah, but that's definitely not it though. Um I think it's
1: yeah, mine's going to have to be that one that it, it's not art, but I like it cuz it says a lot about Joker's character. Like it's a good character moment.
0: For me, I think it's going to be you want to get nuts. Come on, let's get nuts. Like Aww. that that uh, that whole thing where he just goes berserk and like it, it's so bizarre and out there, but I I just love it.
2: Okay, so it's not a line. I like when Alexander Knox is trying to get information out of um, the the crooked detective at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that whole sequence that I'll take that as my line. (laughs) I
0: like that he he wasn't the one that
2: pulled the gun. He like had someone else pull a gun on him. I thought that was
1: kind of a cool move.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah um yeah okay i guess the chat doesn't really have any comments so um checking up on the notifications here for the virtual comic-con let's see what we got what else we have going on today um because i want to make sure we shout out whoever's after us today oh perfect um but I really most... hope
1: they're a Batman Returns panel. That would make me so happy.
0: It's not. Uh...
1: Oh, and like they
2: somehow got Danny DeVito on.
0: I tried to get Jack Nicholson, but uh, he was too busy going to a Lakers game. Oh, Jack Nicholson.
2: It's going to be a panel on all of your bad takes, Devin. Oh, no.
1: They're like, listen, we were watching the last panel. We're just going to comment on the guy in purple the whole time.
0: <laughs> um, Not mad about it. Here, let me... think it's here
2: which i'm happy that that's the quote because i was running through all of the joker quotes in my head when he told us that in the group chat and i'm like oh my god what is he thinking (laughs) like Because 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 the first thing I thought of was when Joker was talking to the fried corpse and he's like, "I'm glad you're dead. I'm glad you're dead." And I'm oh, just like, no. "Oh my god!" Like that's like the level of hate I yeah. thought you had. Oh, no, not us. at all.
0: That's <laughs> the level. Of... Oh, we got a question in the chat here. Uh, favorite bad guy of the Batman movie or comics in general? So, our favorite Batman rogue,
1: Ooh, I guess. Good question. Do you guys have one?
0: That I have an, I,
1: I have a sarcastic one. My my sarcastic favorite's Calendar Man.
0: Have you played the Arkham games, though? I only played
1: the one where he shows up and, like, on Christmas he'll tell you something. And on New Year's he'll tell you something.
0: I feel like they do more with him in Arkham Knight. Probably.
1: But so, what a silly bad guy.
0: Uh, for me... um, I always like Killer Croc. Uh, do you? Mo- mostly, yeah, because they use him so so strangely in the animated series, like there's this whole episode called almost got Him," where it's all of the, the Batman villains playing poker together, telling the the stories about the times they almost got Batman and like he, like everyone's telling their stories and they show them and they go in the detail and then killer Crocs just like, like hit him with a rock. Like, that's all he has to say. Uh, he always comes to mind. Um, I like Bane on the Harley Quinn show, and that's all I'm going to say about that show because we're not getting into the news about that this week because
1: Can't talk about I'm trying it. to
0: keep this PG-13. So, um, Ryan, how about you?
2: It's always been Mr. Freeze. Dang it, you took mine! Um... And the reason being is that I really like Mr. Freeze's character from the animated series. Um, Even though Arnold Schwarzenegger's portrayal of him is just one giant walking joke. um, I still even like the character uh, there and it's his motivation, how he became a villain. um, Mm -hmm. The reason for the powers that he had and everything. Um, And I was trying to think about why, or, you know, like where to come to his decision. And he was... Probably, I had, I think I had three Mr. Freeze action figures as a kid. Oh. Like, I like I, I liked him that much that I had that many action figures of him.
0: So, I'll tell you in detail why you should read it, but they deep dive into Mr. Freeze in the Gotham White Knight series that I told you about earlier. And yeah. I, I can't say it here on the stream, but I'll tell you, because it's spoilers, I'll tell you after the stream, to because I think this will make you want to read it. Um. Devin, what, what's your answer? Mr. Freeze is a good one, because he does have that great story arc by Paul yeah. Dini from the Alien mm-hmm. series, Heart of Ice. Uh, Devin, yeah. do you have another one? Scarecrow. Like I like Scarecrow a lot.
1: I think that his character design is always really cool, um, except for when she's like a guy with a bag on its head. Uh, they can get a little bit more creative than that, but I like the idea that it's like personal psychological horror, and I, I just always like that. Again, if you can get Batman to question his morality and choices, and that bad guy seems kind of built for that
0: i like it i i do like hugo strange because he does know that bruce wayne is batman at a certain yeah. point and like he messes with him and how he deals with how he messes with him with the, the aspect of knowing both identities Yep. uh i think is very interesting especially in the arkham city game i really enjoyed him in that
1: like, that was really cool yeah like there's
0: a mo there's a moment where if you go to a crime alley where bruce wayne's parents died spoilers um you can pay your respects, and there's just this dialogue of Hugo Strange. Like, How does it feel to kneel where, where your parents bled out? Like, like it's just Ooh. this this dark moment. Does it make you sad, full of rage, like, uh, or does that outfit make you feel make you feel better? Um, <laughs> it's just like this moment that just sticks with me, mostly because it's on the soundtrack in the Panic of the Disco song from that game. But oh, still, cool. like that moment just sticks with me. It's like, oh, that's just so dark and of course mark hamill's joker like yes mark hamill's joker hands down is the best batman villain ever Mm. um but i will say alan tudyk on the harley quinn show is pretty good too oh is he joker in the harley quinn show he is uh there's a moment there's you do there's a moment where he finds out bruce wayne is batman and say whatever happened to that wayne tech electric car i pre-ordered it and i never (laughs) got it bruce what's that about (laughs) so the
2: i would have to say in the nolan movies the scarecrow mm-hmm. is my favorite villain sure because i i love that actor mm-hmm. he is amazing who, who is he killian murphy what else he does is he a peacock he was in red eye i don't know if i know he, those
0: he was in um 28 days later oh mm-hmm. yeah he he's was. the main guy in
2: 28 days later yeah
1: uh I was in Peaky Blinders and in Insection in A Quiet Place Part 2 in Dunkirk. Got it. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. He's an amazing actor. I highly uh if if uh if people want to see like the best that he can do, I recommend Peacock.
0: What what yeah. is Peacock?
2: Uh it's Like the streaming service? No, it's a movie. Okay. And it yeah. he it's a great character movie. It he okay. does an amazing job at it.
0: Interesting. All right. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, okay. So we're going to wrap this up. Um, make sure to head over to our friends over at the Blurred View. They'll be doing their panel at noon today. So, in just about 20 minutes here, their panel is going to be anime for astrology nerds anime you should watch based on your zodiac sign and more. So, you can, uh, I'll, I'll uh, put the link to their page here on twitch here in a second um devin do you want to tell everyone where they can find you have to watch this podcast for me while i do that
1: absolutely so you can find you have to watch this podcast on spotify apple music the uh purple icon for uh that apple podcast uh you can also find us i believe we are on um pandora as well we have our youtube channel if you'd like to watch us on youtube all of these videos are recorded on twitch uh and you can find us live on twitch whenever you want did i miss any I don't think so. Didn't even have a business card this time. Nailed we're it. everywhere. If you look, if you listen to podcasts and you enjoy podcasts, I guarantee you we're on that. You can find us. You have to watch this podcast on literally anything.
0: Yes, uh, we're on TikTok. Um, oh, we are on TikTok, right? And we're on Instagram. Yes. All right. So I've got that link there on our Facebook chat. Give me one second here. By the so, way, I'm googling
1: um, anime for Aquarius.
0: Yes. I, I'm kind of interested to find out what what it's gonna be. It says I'm gonna um, hate Death
2: Note. Sorry, I don't agree with that internet.
0: What does uh, uh, what does Gemini say? Well why why don't we all tune into the panel and find out? I think we should. Yeah, I think we, we're
2: going we to. We will.
0: Um that's not what I want. But okay. Uh so yeah. So make sure to like us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow us here on Twitch, if you haven't already. Um, it's been a pleasure being part of Virtual Comic Con today. Absolutely. Um, but actually, it looks like the uh, the panel has been pre-recorded, so you can go check that out now. So I will put that description, the videos in the uh, the chat comments, if you want to go get a head start on that. Oh, it's cool. Uh, it's also in our Twitch feed comments right now. So you can go check that out. Or in true con fashion, if you want to get up, stretch your legs, go get a glass of water. Um, buy stuff that you're gonna you're gonna take home, and be like, look what I got. Like <laughs> go do that. That's great. Um, until I cannot wait until the day where we get to do a live panel in front of people at an actual Comic Con. That's one of our goals for the next year and a half so we're definitely going to be doing that soon so thank you again to virtual comic-con for having us it's been a pleasure we hope you guys have enjoyed our panel um talking about 1989's batman if you want to if you miss part of it make sure to follow us on youtube we will be posting this here shortly uh probably in the next day or so um so, make sure to follow us there. Subscribe to us on YouTube to catch up on everything. You can also subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be releasing an audio only version of this on our podcast feeds on Apple, Spotify, uh, anywhere you can get your podcasts. Uh, so, make sure to check that out. And until next time, for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And never touch another man's rhubarb.
1: <laughs> Good.